0: Hey, what is up everyone? Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles. I am Donnie, your host, and with me is a man who is really thankful for all this snow we're getting because he's been waiting for a legitimate reason to wear his fur bikini. <laughs> it's Dale.
1: Hey man, what's going on? Yeah, it is uh, time for that stuff. I've been, uh, been wanting to break those suckers out for a while, and uh, now we've got a couple snows, and I'm ready to rock. All right. <laughs>
0: Dale, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you we've got a awesome case this week. And uh, we're just going to go ahead and get into it. We are covering the disappearance of Kathy Marie Moulton. Now, she went missing, Dale, on September the 24th, 1971 in Portland, Maine. Today, we have a special guest with us on the podcast. His name is Kevin Cady. He is a retired deputy police chief from Portland, Maine. He also has a lot of acronyms past his name
1: he's done it all but. he
0: has done a lot of stuff i mean i'm just going to run down some things that he is some of his credentials he is a he is on the joint terrorist task force internals affair investigator for the president of the united states and vice president site commander he is uh and shift command he is also employed as a united states customs inspector and special deputy u.s marshal and at the end of this podcast kevin is going to give us a rundown he wrote a book and basically he wrote the book on this case yeah yeah, because
1: there's not much out there except for what he's done and he's really busted his ass in this this yeah
0: he wrote a book about this girl that's missing kathy moulton and he will give a plug at the end of it and we'll give all the information in case anybody
1: wants to yeah he was on this police force working for over 25 years so he's really done done a lot outside of that on this case
0: and we're really fortunate to have him on this show today i've I'm I have I can't thank him enough I know all right yeah Kevin thank you
1: welcome to the podcast my partner's here with me Dale how you doing I'm doing good good can you hear us okay yes okay cool this is Dale just nice to meet you all
0: right um Kevin I know before we get started tell us a little bit about you and some of your background I know you've got Um. you've got a lot of acronyms after (laughs) your name so um tell us a little bit about you before we get started
2: um what what kind of what which acronyms
0: uh i know you're the retired police chief deputy police chief there yeah okay
2: yeah so i was uh i was with portland police for uh 20 years uh i was a detective sergeant so after 20 years i i went to uh over to the town next to portland maine um and that's falmouth and i was the harbor master. um Law enforcement, harbor master, and then then I went. Uh, I was there for a couple of years, and I went down to south to Elliot, where I was the deputy police chief. So in total, I did 25 years of law enforcement. I am retired to pension, and that that was uh, going on 10 years ago this summer. So,
0: wow.
2: Yeah. Uh, since then, I've well, I, have, I I actually have a hockey background as well. Um, prior to becoming a police officer, I was the equipment manager for the Philadelphia Flyers
0: very cool no. yeah no. I,
2: yeah yeah no, that was uh actually I was with uh with organization for nine seasons total i started when i was 14 in portland with the, the ahl farm team and then when, when i retired in 20 uh 2009 10 i was the uh, equipment manager in um portland with the uh portland pirates and they were with the they were the buffalo sabers uh triple a team so i worked for the buffalo sabers for three seasons there and then uh since then i've been doing uh, uh private investigations and contract uh you know background investigations with opm the federal government and uh so that's where we're at
0: that's that's pretty awesome dude yeah no doubt um <laughs> when um uh, let's start with uh in 1971 september of 1971 mm-hmm. the day kathy went missing
2: yep
0: let's um let's talk about that for just a little while um she was supposed to go to a dance that night is that correct a a ywca
2: yeah september 24th uh 71 it was the ywca in downtown portland
0: Uh uh-huh from what i've read and everything i've heard she was supposed to meet some friends there that night is that correct too and
2: yes yep
0: okay um her dad took her to downtown portland and I think she was supposed to buy her some pantyhose and some toothpaste her mother gave her some yep. money for. Is that correct?
2: That's true, yes. Yeah. Um,
0: and I think her mother, her mother gave her some money to take the bus back home. Is that right?
2: Uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's correct. Um, and her, So her house was probably, um, oh, a mile away.
0: Yeah, I've ready. Uh, yeah. Yep. And she had told her friend there when she stopped in the music store after she had bought her pantyhose and her toothpaste that she had spent her money that her mama gave her for the bus ride. And she was going to walk home.
2: Yeah, and that was Carol Starbird at Starbird Music. Yeah. In, uh, in, on Forest Avenue in Portland. And
0: mm-hmm. we actually looked, and Starbird, Starbird Music is still there, by the way.
2: It's in a different location, though.
0: Oh, is it? Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I didn't know.
2: Yeah, this one, this one was in, in, in on Forest Avenue, near Congress Street, which runs down the spine of uh, the peninsula of Portland downtown. Mm-hmm. They later moved out to, towards uh, Kathy's house, um, uh, maybe, maybe three quarters of a mile away. Uh huh. From where from the original place.
0: Okay. Cool. I just, I've always wondered. To Kevin, what did she spend that money on that she was supposed to have the bus ride with? Does anybody? Does anybody ever asked that? I, I didn't know.
2: Well, I don't think anybody knows
1: specifically.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it probably wouldn't uh, have been much, would it? I don't. Yeah, it probably wouldn't have been much. But it's just I've always wondered, you know, if if she'd have spent on something, would she have had something else in her pocketbook or her little? Yeah. You yeah. know something else on on her to identify her by that's what i've always wondered yeah uh, so i i know that she
2: was smoking cigarettes um I've
0: been to her parents deciding it um and, and that's that's just a, it's speculation maybe it was cigarettes but i don't i don't know that okay yeah i would heard that she had taken up smoking too and i heard you know that kathy was kind of kind of on the rebellious side in a way. I don't know from, you know, a lot more kids back then at that early age smoked than they do now, I think. And, you know, I don't, did her parents know that she smoked? No. They didn't. Okay. They didn't know then, no. No, well, they, they knew afterwards, I guess. Um, when she told Carol there at the music store that she was going to see her that night at the dance, did has anybody has Carol been interviewed a lot about this? You know, as far as all the details she knew about Kathy and did she seem out of sorts in any way or
2: no? No, she didn't. Yeah, we interviewed Carol Sharbert and um, she, uh, you know, she she just recalled back to to that time and seeing uh, just briefly. Kathy, she's the last. She's the last sighting in Portland is Carol Sarber.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Uh,
2: wow. Yeah, but wasn't out of sorts at all. Was happy. Uh, you know, going to head home, have dinner, and then go back into in downtown for the, for the that dance.
0: Yeah. Now, when she left the music store, she was headed home, and her house was yep. a little, little over a mile away. Um, yeah. And there was a sighting of Kathy getting into a cadillac was that sighting ever confirmed or was it
2: actually a sighting of her getting into a cadillac or into a car i have read
0: all... I, i've read both can you can you confirm which it was was uh, it
2: i don't i don't think i don't think it was a cadillac for say it was there was it was supposedly a, a sighting of her getting into a vehicle uh not you know still still towards downtown in the uh that forest avenue area mm-hmm. of portland i don't think it was a cat i don't think we had that information about a cadillac the cadillac came up later on in, during the investigation okay
0: our investigation. all right that, that's probably what i've the two different reports because some some articles i've read said it said it was a cadillac and others said it was just a car and that's just a, yeah. i guess that's just misreporting there now a lot of people claim that this was a, a man named Lester Everett. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, it was. Yeah.
0: yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about him and what you know as far as yeah. a little bit about it, Lester's background?
2: So, so Lester was, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking back to maybe 22 or 23 years old at the time. Um, so and Kathy, sort of, uh, Kathy was
0: 16 at the time.
2: Sixteen, yeah. Um, and her parents didn't know, uh, but the Kathy was in in a sort of a, a boyfriend girlfriend relationship with him. Mm-hmm. So there was there were a couple of things going on with her that the parents didn't know, and that was that was one of them, and the, the smoking was the other. Uh, so Lester Everett was uh, was kind of a you know a, a guy that you know got in trouble a bit with the police and uh, was a, kind of a rough guy and. Uh, you know, she, she, Kathy had a her home life was was fairly disciplined. The dad was a disciplinarian, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it, it's almost it's almost like she was starting to act out a little bit. Um, you know, at, at sixteen, she was doing kind of doing things that her, her parents would not approve of. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, and uh, so it's like uh, Lester's Lester's brother, uh, Mark. Uh, later on, uh, a few years later. Um, the police were trying to—I uh, think the police were trying to arrest him. Uh, actually, not far from Kathy's house, and uh, when I went out in the middle of the street, and he shot himself and killed himself.
1: Wow! Ooh.
2: You know, that's the type of kind of the type of family that you know they they were. So,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, yeah. So that kind of paints the picture a little bit of Lester Everett.
0: So I guess Kathy acting out a little bit and saw him as I don't know a rebel type guy that somebody that yep. yeah I
1: probably thought that was cool hanging out with him
0: an older yep. older guy with a yeah. car
1: yeah cigarettes that's probably where all that started
0: exactly um she had got supposedly got in the car with Lester no Lester picked
2: her up and then they they stopped and picked up a hitchhiker and that turned out to be reed pearly yeah didn't know him it was reed pearly so it wasn't picking up a friend
0: but reed pearly
2: was not a friend he didn't know him prior
0: so he didn't know him prior but he he was reed pearly was just a hitchhiker that needed needed a ride
2: yeah because reed pearly back then was a sort of a you know vagabond he was out he he hitchhiked down to uh cambridge massachusetts and hang out with uh you know with the Native American group down down in Cambridge Somerville that area mm-hmm. Massachusetts uh, yeah he also traveled all over the United States and, and all over Canada I mean, you know it's at, at different points but he did spend a lot of time in, in Cambridge
0: okay now he told Kathy he was going to take him to wherever he needed to go and and Kathy was just yeah, on, pretty um, much Kathy was pretty much along for the ride at that moment um,
2: right yeah um, so, he said he needed. He was headed to, you know, up to the Tobik Reservation in New Brunswick, which is like four and a half, five hours away. Uh huh. Wow. And and they and they just got in the and Lester said, "Well, well let's go. We'll bring him. We're going to bring him there." And and off they off they went. And I mean, we don't know. We don't know at this point whether uh, you know she, she wanted to be brought dropped off at home. We don't know if she said, you know, let me out. We don't. She just was there.
0: Yeah. So I guess at this point there was a sighting of Kathy at a gas station with two men or two boys, I should say. And yeah. But,
2: but back up, because there was a, there was a sighting. Her her neighbor uh, spotted Kathy Reed Purley and Lester Everett. In, uh, in at a mall in Bangor. Okay. The next day. That was the next day. Oh wow. And she's sure I can't remember the name um, offhand of that that uh, that neighbor, but she, she lives like three doors up from Kathy.
0: Mm-hmm. So she had she had traveled a good ways from from the house from Portland, and and went to to Bangor. Now.
2: Yes, yeah, she, she was up there in Bangor and happened to see her and. Did and, and that in turn got uh, got the parents. They found out about that later you know a few days later and that's why that's why uh, kathy's parents went 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 uh went north they you know they had there's, there's other reasons but they had that that she went she was at least in bangor at one point and then they later learned uh possibly way up in, into a county northern maine
0: okay did uh the neighbor that saw kathy with lester and reed did she say that she seemed distressed or Out of sorts in any way, like, like, like she wanted to be there.
2: Yeah, she she just saw her and um and and didn't didn't see anything out of the ordinary other than she thought it was odd that she was up in Bangor with these two these two guys.
0: Yeah, that 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 right there just blows my mind because I mean she Mm -hmm. she had every intention of going to that dance that night and and to to do a one eighty to get into a car
1: and go the other way. Yeah.
0: I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know if, if Lester that, you know, told her that he was going to take her home afterwards. Do you have any indication of that?
2: Oh, we don't, we don't know that. Yeah. No, we have no way of knowing that. That's, uh, uh, Reed Burley, Reed Burley's the only one in the car and he, and, and he wasn't real forthcoming with us, except to say that he was in that car. And Lester brought him up that back in 71.
0: Okay. Now, the next sighting of Kathy was...
2: It was in uh, uh, Fort Fairfield, Maine, at uh, at a gas station, and it was Don Logan who was working there at the time. I think he was a mechanic.
3: Uh-huh.
2: And Don, uh, we taught we interviewed Don Logan. He's a helicopter pilot or was a helicopter pilot during the, the, the mid-'90s in Connecticut. But he's, he's crystal clear that uh, it was Kathy and... Um, we believe to be Reed early. It makes sense, uh, and and Reep had her very close and uh, one like one hand on on her neck and was like escorting her to the bathroom in the back of the car. Locking. Like like his, his 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 description is so she couldn't take off or you know he thought he thought it was that strange back then that uh, mm-hmm. that happened. And he later uh, identified. Um, Kathy for the Sheriff's Department. Ed Green was a detective. We've interviewed him. Ed Green um, said that, that uh, he showed Kathy's picture to uh, Don Logan and he said that, that that was her. So,
0: Okay, pretty confirmed and, sighting. And,
2: and, and the, in that Cadillac, that's the, other, that's the other part. The big thing about the Cadillac, it was a 1963 Cadillac and everybody that we talked to that had some, some uh, input into this uh, up that way. remembered that Cadillac? Cause it was so distinctive. And that was stolen, by the way. That mm-hmm. was stolen from the Davis Motel in uh in Falmouth where Lester Lester was doing odd jobs for
0: for the motel in Falmouth. So that's all Lester ever did was just odd jobs around. Is that right?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sort of a handyman uh, uh whatever whatever he could find, I guess.
1: Yep. So yep. so when uh, I got a question, so when they went to the bathroom there <clears throat> Do you think it was like they was just going there to make sure she didn't go anywhere, or so they were just going to make sure nobody bothered her, like an escort, or was it more like uh, he was just keeping his eye on her, like he thought him, she might run away?
2: It, they, well, they, they actually went there and bought bought tires for the for the vehicle, and they used the they used the credit card from the Davis Motel that was in the vehicle to buy the tires, which is how the Sheriff's Department back in seventy one went there because you know uh, the next month uh the, the davis motel received the, the you know their credit card bill and it was it said tires did for fairfield at this this uh, uh gas station mm-hmm. and so that's what got that that going. So that's why they were there so they, they were there for a little bit. right yeah anyway that's uh, that's that's a connection to, to that uh, gas station
0: <clears throat> was the credit card used in any other places I don't think so. Okay.
2: That was the only one that we that we uh, that we that we uh, determined. The pro our our big problem is Portland police did not do any investigation back in nineteen seventy one. Mm-hmm. Uh You know there was a part. There was there was, a, there was some aspect, if you recall in the book, that uh you know that her her, her dad went in and raised the, raised a, a ruckus with the the, the police chief and. Got, uh, got the police chief to, to talk to the state police because, you know, back then, you know, the state police wouldn't talk to Portland police. They wouldn't talk to anybody else. They thought that they, you know, they were the only law enforcement agency in the state and didn't and didn't send out, um, like, when they put out a, a, this all-points bulletin uh, for Kathy, it only went to the state troopers. It never went to any other department.
0: Mm-hmm. They, so, almost, they almost so thought she not, was a runaway, didn't they?
2: Yeah, they... they they said, "Oh, she'll be she'll be back. Just you know, sit tight. She'll she'll be home." And mm-hmm. they and they they, and they never really did any follow up uh, investigation. So mm-hmm. going back now, I mean, there's the Davis Motel is long gone, and, and she's and the and the, the, the owners are, are passed away. So it's not like we could go and just talk to them and say, "Hey, you know, what else was taken on the from, from the credit card?" So exactly, uh, all we know is tires.
0: Mm-hmm okay i just didn't know if it was used around town anywhere else that's a good question yeah after they after that sighting there at the gas station to get the tires and everything where was kathy spotted again where was her next sighting uh
2: at at the uh on a potato farm in uh, Hill.
0: okay now this potato farm was it indians worked on this farm
2: Yeah, so it was uh they were uh they were they're Native Americans from uh the Canada side. So they came from uh New Brunswick and they, they came from Nova Scotia as well. So that's where they were um uh, you know, they go there every every uh every fall and they pick potatoes and then go back home.
0: Yeah, now everything I've read too and I even in your book I've read that uh Kathy had talked to a lot of the natives there while she was her while she was working there and lester had took her there to make some quick money i guess is that right so, so what's the question uh lester had, had taken kathy there because he thought he could oh, make yeah. make some quick money there work on this yeah. work on this potato farm and get some money
2: Yeah. so the potato farm uh that's that's where we had uh we ended up talking with millie august speaking Right, so Millie Augustine uh-huh. is uh, was there with her sister Donna
3: mm-hmm.
2: Augustine and her dad, and they were they were on the uh, on the um, farm, and they were working. And she's she's now an attorney. At, uh, Millie is, uh-huh. and, uh, and she's she's crystal clear that it was Kathy, it was Lester Everett. She knew my name, um, uh, and she says that the uh, yeah, the uh, Dad would would bring Kathy food because she wouldn't. She was afraid of the, the Native Americans, the Indians, mm-hmm. and would uh, would would sit in the car the whole time and comb her hair. And um, what we do know at that point is she was trying to. She wanted to go home, and she was telling. She was telling the. Uh, uh, you know, she was telling the, the, the dad and, and Billy Augustine and Donna Augustine that she wanted she wanted to go
0: home and she actually thought her parents were looking for her too she assumed that they were yeah
2: yeah and and, and the parents that when they were on that farm um the parents were actually at that uh, particular time were like 10 15 miles away in in, uh holton looking for her
0: that is so So crazy they were really close that is crazy going on
2: yeah yeah.
0: now uh Kathy, kathy was sleeping in that car too right so she she left a lot of I guess forensic stuff in that car.
2: He is Lester?
0: Yeah, the car that that Lester had. She was sleeping in that car too, correct? Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: So she would leave a lot of forensic stuff, hair, yeah. whatever. I mean, she was she was in that car quite a bit. Yep. Yeah. Um whatever happened to that car?
2: Um well, that's part. That's part of the story. So the the, the car. I'll, I'll jump ahead. The car. The car ended up in uh, uh, Georgia on uh, on blocks and uh, was was ultimately years. It was there for years and years at uh, Lester Everett's house in uh, in Georgia.
3: Uh-huh.
2: And and uh, evidently it was it was crushed for scrap. You know. Ten years later. Wow. Years later. Yeah.
0: I guess uh, I've read too that Lester got tired of Kathy nagging all the time and complaining about wanting to go home about her situation, right. and yep. he was he at that point I guess he was wanting to get rid of her. Yeah,
2: well. Yeah. So he, you know, and get get rid of get rid of. I mean, you it, know, we we thought yeah. So what he what he did is once so one day. Uh, one 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 evening after work, and, and Lester was was described as uh, as lazy and not uh, pulling his weight on the on the farm, and uh, always trying to get out of get out of his work. But um, so he wasn't very well liked by the by the other uh, the other workers and the Indians. But um, one one uh, one afternoon or early evening, he left. Came back the next morning. Kathy wasn't there. Donna uh, or Millie Augustine asked him where is she, and he said. Oh, I dropped her off at a, at another camp. Yeah, in uh, the camp that we're you know we we've confirmed that she ended up all back over at the Tobit Point Reservation and uh, with at the Burley House.
0: So he actually took her into Canada, right? Is that correct through through a back road yeah. into Canada?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's not. I mean, the border is completely different today than it was then, as far as you know the. It was very easy to take back roads and not not, not go through customs. But he would go back and forth mm-hmm.
0: um, Okay. So I guess at this point, instead of Lester taking Kathy back to Portland and suffering the consequences of maybe a possible kidnapping and other charges, he just he just dumped her. He just got rid of her.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Lester's no, but- Lester's pretty he's a piece of work now what about after she got over to read pearly's place in canada where where was kathy's trail after that
2: well what's 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 interesting because the the, the farm story is not quite over that aspect so lester everett like within within a, a few days of dropping Kathy off wherever, wherever it was. And we don't know it was called point, uh, reservation. Mm-hmm. Um, he tells Billy Augustine, Donna Augustine, and, uh, Emmett Bernard, Emmett, no Emmett, uh, Peters, Emmett Peters, who's, who's, a, who's a Native American from Nova Scotia. I think he's from Truro, Nova Scotia. He says that he has jobs lined up in Florida, picking oranges or something like that I, I, I don't know what it was but Donna and Millie tell us that so they they say okay well they have their money from picking potatoes those two are 16 I think uh, Emmett Peters is a little bit older and they all pile into the Cadillac and they beeline it down to uh, down to Florida and they get to Florida they cross they cross into Jacksonville and they pull into uh, pull onto the beach in, uh, in uh, it's Fernadina Beach the town, and he says, hey, we're here, and, and it turns out that he doesn't, he's never, he didn't have anything lined up, and, uh, you know, so they were a little upset with him that they had no, no jobs lined up in Florida, as he had said, um, but they ended up working, uh, they did find work, and we talked to, uh, we interviewed, uh, you know, a, a couple down there that uh, had taken in uh, Lester and, and, and Donna Millie and uh, Emma Peters. And it was like I don't know a month or so later the the, the Indians the Peters, the and the Augustines get on a bus and go home.
0: Okay, and, and that's,
2: Le- a, that's a lot. Of,
0: and Lester ends up staying in Florida, correct?
2: He, yeah, he stays in Florida for for like two or three years, and 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 then finally comes home. But he's changed. But that, but the thing the thing that's interesting is Donna and millie augustine and emma peters know him only as david not lester he changed his name
0: yeah i guess at that point in time you could just call yourself something different and and it sort of throw the authorities off the trail
2: i i guess i we we don't really know why uh but he's in a stolen car and and all that stuff so you know maybe it could have been a, as innocuous as that There's, he's in a he, well, he's gonna stolen cadillac and you know, so, but he's telling them his name's David. They know him as David,
0: Wow, not Lester. Wow. Does uh, yeah. Lester ever come back to, to Portland at any point, or does he stay in Florida?
2: Yeah, it was two, like two years later, he comes back into town and visits, but goes back down there. He marries uh, Darlene, Darlene Dixon um, and, and ends up, uh, you know, obviously taking the name Everett, uh, and we interviewed her, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the deputy U.S. marshals went to, went to her house in uh, Georgia because she ended up in, in Georgia. And that's, that, of course, that's when we, we, we found out that Lester had died 10 years prior to 95, 96, 97, whatever that interview was, mm-hmm. with cancer. So there's no way we we're going to talk to him. But that's when she said, oh yeah, that Cadillac was, was, was you know on blocks in the yard for 10 years. Ten years, and, but now it's gone.
0: Wow! Wow! That could have been yep. so much evidence in that car, sitting there, yep. sitting there on blocks yep. for all that time. Yep.
2: Well, yeah, and, and we—I I had uh, Lester's son. His, his—he uh, was interviewed um, because he was in—he's in a Florida state penitentiary for, for murder. But we did have uh, have him interviewed, and he had absolutely no information. He was. And, the, and the, the investigator inside the prison said, "Hey, he was. He said if if I had if I had information, he says I'd give it to you. He wasn't hiding it. Uh, he feels pretty. The, the investigator feels fairly certain that uh, that uh, Lester's son was was being truthful and saying, yeah uh, you know, I remember the, the Cadillac being there.' But he said I don't know anything about Kathy, Kathy Moulton. That he, he probably
1: he never, never told them. Yeah, yeah he, he probably never knew he, anything no, about no. that. All right.
0: That was the side of his dad. He just didn't know anything about."
2: I didn't know anything about
0: it. That's crazy. Now, yeah. back to her. Back to Kathy. Uh, yeah,
2: so that's the, that's the Lester story. Right.
0: Now, any were there any confirmed sightings of her in Canada? Anybody that you yes. all you guys talk to?
2: Yeah, uh, the, the, the first time we went up to the reservation, uh, it was two deputy U.S. marshals and uh, two of us from Portland Police, Tom Joyce and myself. Tom was a uh, investigated this with me, and um, uh, so the RCMP uh, sergeant uh, Norm Mazerall, you know, we had already kind of prepped him before we went up, and he said, "Yeah, I'll do whatever I can to help you out." And, and he said, "Listen, I'm going to go uh, bring in Tony Bear Solace on the reservation." So the the uh, one of the one of the they were, so there was a native police there constables. Unarmed, and then the RCMP was also assigned to, the, to that reservation, and uh, they they went out and brought uh, Tony Bear in to talk to us, and that's and we showed her we showed Tony the pictures of Lester and Kathy, and he said, "Hey, that's Reed Pearlie's uh, girlfriend from back then, and that's Lester Everett." He knew he knew who he was.
3: Wow! Wow! So
2: that's kind of the eureka moment. hits, and and. Uh, So, when, after, you know, Tony told us, you know, she'd been around for several months staying at the uh, Furley household, and uh, when he left, uh, when Tony left, um, Norm Maserol said to us, well, we've got a big problem here, he said, because because Reed Furley is currently uh, out on bond or bail for home invasion rape of of his neighbor, Um, and he said he's just a bad guy. Real, real bad guy, and you know we started. You know this, of course, that piqued our interest. That now we we're on the right trail, and um, it, what we what we wish we had we had done is gone out and we week early and you know and, and interviewed him on the spot. But Norm Maserell, uh what he said was, "Look, he's got to check in to the RCMP. I don't know once a week or whatever the time was while he was on bail for this this crime." Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I'll, I'll, t- I'll talk to him and ask him when he comes in. So, unfortunately, we weren't there when that took place. So, uh, Norm tells us when uh, Reed comes in, um, he's shown the picture of, of uh, Lester, and he said, "Hey, he says, hey, that's Lester Everett. And he says, I know him, and tells a story about, yeah, he, he brought me, he, he's been here, he brought me up you know, years ago, 1971, whenever, um, to uh to the reservation and stayed a little bit at, at, at his house and uh and and, and left and when norm maserol shows a picture of Kathy he says oh i i don't know her never never seen her before i don't right. there's no girl no 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 so we so we know we have we have a lie
1: right exactly. lying about it mm-hmm. so
2: so we end up we do go back uh and and we interviewed Reed Furley, and, uh, you know, Dave, so Dave Drake was a, one of the deputy U.S. Marshals, and I mean, this, Dave Drake was, was, uh, you know, on the Marshall Service Special Operations team, like the SWAT team, and, uh, and he, so he brought, you know, um, he went down to Columbia, brought drug traffickers back to the United States to be, you know, be, to be tried, and, you know, he's, he's dealt with some really bad people, and, he was in there for Reed Furley's interview and, and he says he's probably one of the one of the one of the worst people um, that uh, he says I just got a sense he was a real bad guy um, uh, but he tried to you know he, he tried to get him you know what you do with her how'd uh, you kill her and, and he was he, he wouldn't budge so he would never admit that uh, Kathy was, was was there but yeah. hmm.
0: and what When? when did that take place what year was that
2: uh, I'm coming to guess, what, ni- 97 sounds about right?
0: Would, was, uh, Reed ever asked to take a polygraph or anything?
2: Uh, no, uh, I, I don't believe the RCMP offered a polygraph, um, and he ultimately went to went to prison on that, on that charge, uh, and I think he did like seven or eight years mm-hmm. on that charge. Um, oh man and it, and it, it is possible he was he was offered he he would have no part of it no part of
0: it yeah he he actually said he didn't even recognize Kathy at all
2: right um and then and then his sister sister Jacqueline Curley it's, it's like Jacqueline but she's pronounced Jacqueline um she told she told me that Kathy was there at her house
1: <laughs> so everyone saw her but him right <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is
0: crazy. And so when Reed, um, he got out of prison, was anything ever done after that as far as Kathy's case on him? When after he served the, you said seven to eight years?
2: Yeah, it's seven seven or eight years. Yeah.
0: Was anything ever done uh, with him about Kathy's case again? Was it ever brought up to him? No. Hmm. Nope. that's crazy.
1: So that's pretty much the end of her trail. Is
0: that yeah? Is that the end of her trail?
1: Well, the- no,
2: um, because we fast forward uh, to you know fairly recently in the last two or three years. So I was up there two or three years ago, and I met with um, with one of the uh, you know they, they, the elders. So it's a female elder. Her name is you know we're not going we have never divulged her name. Okay. Um but but um, she tells me that she saw Kathy um, being being dragged down the street one one night late at night by Reed Purley, um, and she was crying, and uh, he's and her and her her friend who lived next door across the street saw saw the same thing, and and we think that that's when when Reed. Ended up killing her, but we don't know that. I mean, we we just don't. That's just speculation.
0: Yeah, that's all speculation.
2: Uh, and, and and maybe he didn't kill her. Maybe someone Maybe another relative did. Maybe somebody else did. But we. That's just something we don't we don't know. Um, mm-hmm. Except for uh, there was uh, a, a Native American named Brent, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his last name. But he was with Reed early uh, one day, and, and Reed said, "You know, I." I buried a girl over there at that spot you he pointed to an area um in near near that area if we we couldn't interview him because he he's dead mm-hmm. but uh we we're always behind the eight ball with these people dying before we could talk to them. exactly but uh so that was just another another you know indication that that it was it was reed I and mean, we figured he told he'd have to tell somebody about this
0: right. Yeah, now there, there was a hunter that ran that came across some remains. Where was this yeah. at?
2: That was in uh, Smyrna, Smyrna, Maine, S M Y R N A, Smyrna, Smyrna. <laughs> and um, you know we we uh, we we tried to do a search where he told us that he found the, this uh, remains of a female, and he's he's quite certain it was the remains of a female. The problem is back in back when when he found this. Uh, said he found this. He, uh, he tried to get the warden service to go back to that spot, and they did try, but it was like beginning of hunting season, and that's that's like the warden's biggest, you know, busiest time, and they sort of didn't, didn't put a lot of time into into this mm-hmm. um, and, and, and let it go. But we did go up. I mean, the warden service and the state police and, and us, we went up and did a tried to you know take another look. We had cadaver dogs and and all that stuff and, and ultimately didn't you know we didn't we didn't find anything of course it's a long time ago so we at least get, try to give that effort
0: yeah now there were some uh others well possible theories and sightings of her as far down as boston maybe and connecticut is that correct some no they weren't is that Not, just incredible this is nothing, credible. Just, nothing, nothing just, credible. just just some uh just i guess people claiming to have spotted her because uh you yeah know, no, no, nothing credible because kathy had so mentioned incredible. to some friends that you know somebody had talked to her about you know how nice boston was and and kathy said she'd like to visit there so i didn't know if, yeah but that, that's nothing credible on on those sightings or nope. anything okay no and, and and that
2: the boston connection is is uh Reed Burley got arrested down there and brought in on on a suspicion of murder. I don't know if you, if you remember that from the book, but yeah, uh, it was Judy Campbell. So Judy Campbell is at a is in a bar in the afternoon. Reed Burley's in the bar and uh, she leaves. Uh, she she sort of rebuffs him for you know he's trying to trying to take her out date her or whatever, and and she leaves. He's he leaves right behind her and half a block away. Someone someone comes up from behind and slashes her throat, but she dies. Wow! And we we talked to the the, the uh, detective who has the case still unsolved. They brought Reed Burley in, and for whatever reason, they they, they didn't have any enough evidence to charge him uh, or or continue to charge him, and they let him go. Uh, but when when he showed us, so, so the detective was actually the, the the responding police officer that Judy Campbell dies like you know in his arms and he, he's, he he takes a look at, uh, at uh, Kathy Moulton's picture and he shows us a picture of Judy Campbell and they could be twins so it was really weird wow yeah really weird yeah so did did Reed Burley do it? probably mm. most likely and that's the to this picture well the, the other problem with that is Judy Campbell's boyfriend was a knife salesman they, they make this <laughs> stuff up but but um but he was never
0: charged and I don't think he was there. Reed was. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. Let's go back to, uh, Kathy. When, before her abduction, there's a couple of things I want to ask you about that. There was a, a point where Kathy had went to see a photographer about having some pictures taken of her.
3: Yep.
0: Uh, I, I can't remember the guy's name. But, Church. Yes. Church. um, was he ever questioned on anything
2: yeah he's the first he's the first uh, person we talked to in the case
0: okay what did he have to say what was his take on Kathy because he he was well, actually he, a he was a suspect at first wasn't he
2: well we thought when when we first interviewed him I'm trying to think how we got on to him but somehow it had to do with the gate so there was a coffee eclectic place that a coffee house called the gate and you know musicians would play there and people would hang out there and kathy would go in there and yeah
0: he uh,
2: he ends up uh bringing her back to to his place where he does this photo shoot and he's really nervous when we talk to him but ultimately he's, he says you know he hit on her and it, it didn't get anywhere but uh he, he then he tells us hey listen i let me go back and look he says i i know i took pictures of her um and i'll, I'll bring them to you so uh you know we you know we we quickly moved away from him after his interview but he's the one that gives us those pictures that parents have never seen
3: yeah.
0: here's
2: another example of something she had done parents didn't know about wow.
0: yeah they weren't uh they were sort of I, they weren't nudes but they were sort of I no. guess risque kind of in a way
2: No, uh, they were all I mean they were not really they were just uh, I mean she's clothed the whole time and and all that uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't there wasn't anything innocuous about that. It was pretty straightforward.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now, Kevin, tell us a little bit about when you first saw Kathy's case and it was laid on your desk when you were first presented this case.
2: Yeah. So Tom Joyce was the detective sergeant. He he gives me the the file, and it was like it was literally like four pages total, and it was one missing person report that was filed by by. Uh, uh, you know uh the dad Lyman uh Moulton. and and then later on there was a detective Bill Deitchin um, he was he he filed a report because there was a body that was found a female body found in uh British Columbia and and the RCMP for whatever reason felt that it was a good possibility that it was Kathy um, however it was the, the dental the dental stuff eliminated Kathy as being the the uh Jane Doe, so so that was in that that file. But a, a, after that, there was there was nothing.
0: Mm-hmm. So when uh, you first saw Kathy's case, were you? What was your first thoughts on it? As far as how, like, how am I going to solve this? What What was your initial initial thought?
2: Well, uh, so, so Tom Tom and I when he when he assigned it, he didn't well he assigned it to both of us. So he just said, "Hey, let, you know, this is still an open case. Let's." what do you think let's work on it you know outside of our, our regular you know cases because um, it was still an active missing person case matter of fact it it's, at the time it was uh, one of the oldest in the nation for active it became an active missing person case
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, so what you know what I didn't think really anything negative about being assigned it um, as a matter of fact it was it was a challenge that, that I liked so i you know, we just said, okay, well, let's let's call uh, Nancy Barlow, who was her friend at the time, and uh, you know, I ended up uh, calling her. She was living in North Carolina or somewhere, and that's that was the very first interview was her friend Nancy, and Nancy was supposed to go to the dance with her as well. So Nancy, Nancy Barlow. Barlow, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, she but she had really she gave us some insight into Kathy. <laughs> Matter of fact, I think that's where some of the smoking and the you know the that stuff came from. Um, May, 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 I, I'm trying to think how we I think that's how we, we need to figure it out it was uh Lester Everett I think it came from her okay she was seeing Lester Everett on the side you know what uh, you know uh, uh, surreptitiously.
0: so we going yeah. Okay Reed purley what what happened to him after he got out of prison uh what's some details on him did he did he, well, he yeah did he stay in and out of trouble after that or
2: yeah, uh, well, he yeah he I, he had to, he hasn't been back to prison, and um, he's uh, you know he's, he's married to a to a, a girl from Bangor, and he's got a son with her named Amadeus. Uh, I, I do know that as recently as, as you know a year within the last year, he's I'm told he's still up to the same type of tactics with his. You know for this neighbors one one's afraid to say anything
0: mm-hmm.
2: so i'm i'm still receiving information from that reservation all the time
0: yeah what kevin what would it take today to bring kathy's murder to justice what would it take
2: impossible without a body because you could never prove that how she died this is true you, you know when it comes to when it comes to solving the case it would have to be Reed Pearlie telling us what really happened, and, and at that point, that would just be closure. <clears throat> but it, you know, it, 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 certainly no one's going to be prosecuted for that at this point.
0: You'd have to bring him in on something else and just actually get him to confess to it. Put the pressure, yeah, on, put the pressure I, on him, and
1: um, yeah.
0: get him to confess.
1: Yeah, but as far as he goes, he, he don't even know her, so he's never going to give that up.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, if 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 someone dug up body, you know, and you had a your skeletal remains, and there was, you know, it, obviously you know a crushed skull or something like that. Different story. right? Um, then that would be, that's why I say impossible. That would be the only way. you need the body. If you get the body, you, you know, then you can start talking about...
1: And the only guy he, he pointed that out to is dead, right? <laughs> Lester. Lester. You're where the is supposed to be?
2: I don't know if Lester No, Lester doesn't know because, remember... Uh, John Wayne Aceto, when we brought him in and interviewed him, he's a local kid from, from Portland. Um, we, we bring him in, and he tells us that Lester shows up. That was when Lester showed up to, from uh, Florida two or three years later. And he says to John Wayne Aceto, Lester says, hey, Kathy Moulton never came home. He said, I left her up at that reservation. He says, well, let's go up and find out where she is. Because he thought she made it home at that point, you know she, and that's that's why we're we're certain that Lester had nothing to do with mm. after the fact after he left, that having anything to do with Kathy's demise, because he said he felt responsible for that she never came home, so they got in the car and they drove back up to the reservation, and uh, they pulled right up to the Pearly residence, and you know Lester started to uh, to, to you know. Mr. Tough Guy, he's gonna he's gonna take these guys on. I mean, these when we showed up in '97, the RCMP said, "Hey, six months ago, we had a shootout with his family. I mean, with with with, with his brothers. You know, they they, they, they uh, yeah, that's how bad these guys are. Mm. So, uh, so so he they show up and and the, the Pearly brothers uh you know beat the hell out of uh, Lester." And steal his coat and uh, his, his leather coat and his cowboy boots, and essentially they get they they, they get away with uh, with, with the skitter of the teeth basically. So, yeah. uh, so that tells us that one, um, you know, the, the furleys have something to hide. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and two, Lester had nothing to do with uh, other than leaving her there, and now he felt remorse, saying, "Oh my God!" He tells Domingo, you know, "I can't believe." That this uh, this happened, and and so one of the things that Wayne Aceto tells us, I mean, this is how forthcoming he was. That they ended up, uh, they went across the country. Uh, he, he and Lester went across the country in the car, a car, and they even told us about robbing people for money, like in Nevada. Um, so you know, it's is it, is it credible what he's saying? We think it's absolutely credible. So,
0: wow. Just a yeah. just a so, mess. Just a messed yeah. up situation with them.
1: Yeah, sad. Yep. yep,
0: Now Kathy's parents they they never moved. They stayed in the same house. Is that correct? Have they they even kept yeah. they even kept the same phone yep. number, just hoping that Kathy would call at some point.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, ultimately, they, they probably moved three years ago to a assisted living place. Sold the house. Um, and, and the dad has passed away since right. yeah That's
0: three years uh, that all is right. sad okay Kevin before we close out this episode uh, tell us about your book um,
1: where it can be found where it is and all about it so we'll give you a good plug there
2: um, yeah so the book uh, is on Amazon it's called Kathy Moulton Missing and Danger um I have a co-author, Bill Meltzer, uh, who's was a, a who's a a writer. He's uh, does a, most a lot of hockey hockey-related stuff, the Philadelphia Flyers for one. Um, and I, I happen to know him, so he's he's a co-author with me. Um, so and it can be, can be found in digital form, and you can actually order order the book on uh, on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Kathy Moulton, Mister
1: Danger okay
0: cool yeah we'll uh we'll put a link to it in this episode that we're gonna drop next week on this and and i think you told me on the phone last night when we spoke you wrote this book all from memory is that correct
2: yeah i, I had i didn't have any access to the reports that we'd filed um so I, this is this is all like like now i'm able to tell you uh almost everything um from memory so that's
1: well, it's pretty impressive, man. <laughs> it really is. No,
2: yeah. Sometimes I can't remember my own phone number, but I can. <laughs> I, I I remember this stuff. Um, you know, one of the things I could do as a cop is remember names and and you know things things from cases. So,
0: well, Dale and I are just a. We just do a podcast. We're just a couple of armchair detectives, but we love. Yeah. We, we love true crime and we love solving things and being a part of it. You know, if we can, you know, put it out there and. Folks listen to it, then maybe somebody will know something somewhere.
2: Well, this, this the thing is one of the one of the reasons I wrote the book was I I knew and I and I sent uh, I probably sent ten copies up to the reservation, and they, they're still handing it around. That's good. Um, even the RCMP uh, constable that just just retired, uh, he read the book and said and he he told uh, he told my one of my one of the friends up here that. Um. Yeah. Uh, tell Tell Kevin. Uh, he, that's he did a good job in that book. And I and I said, Hey, why don't you tell him to investigate the damn case? He find the <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't care about doing a good job on the book. You're gonna help me here. And that was one of the one of the biggest frustrations that we had. And that's if we go up there, we the RCMP. They say, Oh, yeah, we'll we we can help you with this. We'll work on this. The last time I was up there a couple of years ago, I met with the major crimes, um, RCMP detectives. They, they just do major crimes. And they were going to help me. You know, They were going to reinvestigate this. They were going to open it up as a major crime and uh, go on that reservation. And they, I never heard an, another word about it from them.
3: Mm,
0: that's a shame.
2: And, and, yeah, and one of the things they said was, "Well, well, who's... Who's the, who's the case detective now in Portland? And they ended up, they did call, they called down and, um, you know, it's a it's a detective that uh, I, I was a field training officer when he was uh, a rookie when he first came on. Um, but they, they have no, they don't have the institutional knowledge. They don't, they, he won't read, he won't go in and read boxes and boxes of reports that we have, uh, you know, on file. Um, but, you know, not, so, so really nothing's been done.
1: Mm-hmm. That's because, right. We need,
3: as a matter
2: of fact, Portland Police was on the record in, in the press saying, we don't consider this a Portland Police case anymore. This this is the RCMP's case. And it's up to them to solve it, And which means if the is not doing anything, Portland Police aren't doing anything. No one's doing anything.
1: Yeah, that's a shame. It is a Except shame. Except us. Especially Except as much us. as you've done, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, you've done all the research yeah. for them. All they got to do is just follow through with it and and get it done
1: go pick them up (laughs) really wow yeah Yeah.
0: that's a shame we need you down here to solve a cold case we have that happened about 10 miles from my home here a little girl went missing asia degree many years ago nobody knows what happened to her it's just it's just cold
2: so so where where are you guys
0: we are 40 mile 40 miles west of charlotte uh between Between Shelby and Morganton, North Carolina. Yep. That's where Asia went missing okay. between Shelby and Morganton. And yeah. um they actually had a march for her today because she disappeared on February the fourteenth of two thousand and nobody knows anything. No, it's just it's cold. Two thousand? Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, that's
2: that's
0: that's
2: a tough one. The, uh, how much effort are they putting into it?
0: Now, I think they they released some information a few year ago. A few years ago, didn't they, Dale? They about a, a t shirt and a, a backpack or something. Yeah. that was some information. People they were putting it out there. Right. They were wanting to know something about it. But as far as anything lately, there's been nothing. It's just it's cold. Is it the, the state police or
2: highway patrol, or is it uh, local?
0: It's local county county sheriff's department that's work. They actually had the FBI in. Uh, a couple years ago, that's when they released that information on the book bag and t shirt that they were wanting information from. But it's, I hadn't heard anything else. It's yeah,
1: up to reward, but that's about all I've done.
0: Yeah, I think oh. it's 45,000 reward. Yeah, I think so. And it's just oh, she disappeared yeah. in the middle of the night, walked out of her home about 2 a.m. in a thunderstorm. She was scared of storms and scared of dogs, but she supposedly left the home about 2 a.m., and a truck driver had spotted her on the main highway out here. And that was that was about it. And some people think that she was maybe struck by a car, and then they didn't want to turn it in and report it, so they just took her and dumped the body and and got rid of it. You know,
1: but it's all hearsay. It's all yeah. hearsay. Wow.
0: But yeah, it's 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 pretty cold. But it, it hit this community here really hard when it happened. And it's people every day talk about Asia Degree in some form or another. And I'm sure they do in in Portland, Maine. I mean, I, I'm sure Kathy's name is brought up quite a bit. Yeah,
2: per- periodically there's now the last uh, recently they did a uh, some, some press on it. and They interviewed Kathy's mother, and 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 the, the like the mother never said. Cause I told her all this stuff. That there was a point where we said, well, what, you know, do 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 we think the father did? She show up at home, and the father killed her. Well, we don't know. I mean. We actually talked to, uh, the, the Massachusetts State Police, uh, told us to talk to this, uh, they used a, they used a psychic, uh, and we, we brought her up to Portland and she said that, uh, that she says the father killed her. And of course, there's no indication of that. We, 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 know that she didn't come home. Mm-hmm.
3: Um,
2: but, but we, so we, you know, we did, we, we did that angle, but we also, when we brought up the FBI, I forgot that we used the, uh. Special agent named Steve Kives, K-I-B-S. He He's with the Child Abduction Serial Killer Unit, Casku, and and they did a an analysis of uh, you know a behavioral thing on on uh, Reed Pearlie and, uh, you, know, and they, you know they you know well, it wasn't particularly helpful, um, but but you know that just shows that one more angle that we we. You know, we tried everything. We tried everything to, uh, to to bring you know bring us information on this. One. So yeah, yeah, that's what I, I forgot about.
1: So pretty much, you think Reed killed her and buried her somewhere in Canada?
2: Uh, I I think that he, that's the most likely scenario. But the other the other part is there was uh, there was so we so during uh, during the investigation back in '97, we got a call from. Uh, Deputy Police Chief named uh, Boulay from Grand Falls Police Department, and he said to us, "Hey, I heard years ago that there's a there, there's a uh, one of the one of the uh, early sisters are buried in the basement of that house, their house." And
0: what a messed up family, course, yeah.
2: Yeah, so so you know when you when there's a rumor, there's always. It's a shred of proof in a lot in most rumors right
3: there's right
2: some, especially something like that so we can confirm that there's no sisters that are dead in, at least at the time uh, and so is there someone buried in the basement and the, and the problem that we have is that that house burned um at one point and was rebuilt
3: mm-hmm.
2: so I you know I, I you know we, we don't we don't know I mean that that information was all given to the RCMP and uh, you know there was never you know, never, I guess we didn't, you know, which is not enough to go into a search warrant on a rumor, but, right. um, you know, nothing was, nothing was ever followed up on that. And now the, uh, the, the, one of the sisters lives in that house, uh, was, was kind of a tough nut to crack. Um, I actually uh, started talking to her on Facebook. Um, she didn't know who I was. She figured it out after a while, but I was trying to get her to talk about Kathy mm-hmm. and, uh, she, she never, she never actually divulged any any true information. Uh, what what she said was she was going to talk to Reed, her brother, about it. And once uh, she figured out that I was I was a cop, she, you know, she I was I'm, I'm I'm the only guy. It's the only time I've ever been blocked on Facebook is by her. But, oh. Um, so, anyway, she thought I was a, a relative of Kathy. Yeah.
0: That changed everything when they found out you were a cop. Yeah,
1: he yeah, probably he probably shut out, that down. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I figured out who it was. So, um, wow. So yeah, that that and there was another another story that came out of out of uh, Tobik that uh, there was an uncle named Ivan Purley. His nickname was Ivan the Rapist, and that there was a, there was a big blizzard, uh, and that Kathy was uh, being being uh, raped by him, and took uh, she ran she ran out into the snowstorm, and um, you know it was, we can. It, when you go back historically to uh, the, the weather uh there was there was like November 1st there was a big blizzard huge blizzard and it's like you know this you know is there any truth to that rumor so that would that would put the suspect as uh, Ivan the rapist who's dead now. wow um, so so who knows I mean
3: yeah. you
2: point, point your finger at at, at one person you just don't you don't know who's who. all, all we can truly say is that Reed Burley is a, is a person of interest in, in in this this case? Wow! Did he do it? We, again, I, I, and I said this before. I, we, I, we, I really don't know. No, no one knows for sure except for him. Um, but it could have been it could have been someone else. Yeah. 6 year left here though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We really appreciate you doing this with us. Yeah, thank you very much, yeah. man.
2: Yeah, sounds good sounds good i'll talk to you guys later all,
0: all right later. be bye safe bye. Right. Yeah, bye. bye Bye. thank you all right dale we're gonna get out of here we want to thank kevin katie again for joining us today and telling us about kathy moulton
1: yeah what an awesome insight he has this case uh it's about only thing we could find on this case and so so thankful for him to, uh, spending his time with us to help get this case out to all you guys and uh maybe we can get somebody that knows a little bit more about it and somebody somebody get somebody talking and know something that hadn't been reported
0: exactly all right dale we want everyone to be safe be careful and always be aware of your surroundings
1: because the next episode could be about you this is the The crack house Chronicles. chronicles